Salams guys, my name is Mohammed Zaud and I'm the co-founder of Toledo Society, which is a podcast network dedicated to English-speaking Muslims across the globe. We've launched a couple of shows and we have several in the pipeline. Our first show, which is called The Transit Lounge, which I host, is currently live and you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. On The Transit Lounge, we interview people who've had a considerable impact on the Muslim world. People who've had positions at the White House, members of parliament, business people and community people. We also have another show that's currently live called Seven Stories, Seven Minute Stories as you drop off your kids to school. We'd love your feedback and if you'd like to find out more, visit ToledoSociety.com. That's T-O-L-E-D-O Society.com. Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika. And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. So AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So welcome and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to another episode of AccidentalMuslims.com. And today we have... Very <laughs> <laughs> cinematic if ever. Mumtaz Muhammad Pir. Did I get that right? Yes. Filmmaker, passionate baker, yes. and Mickey Mouse fan, or is that Minnie Mouse fan? Mickey and Mickey. Mickey and Mickey, okay, well, and I see the bow as well, yeah, well then, my daughter would love it, but welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com, thank, thank you for accepting our invitation, and we're so honoured, and of course with me is Kanita. Assalamu alaikum, nice to be here again. No, lovely stuff, man, lovely It's becoming stuff. a weekly thing now, eh? Is it, no, lovely, <laughs> the more the merrier, definitely. I think what's nice is it's a conversation, so mm-hmm. we can just take it as it comes. So... Who are you? <laughs> Let's get to the point. You are here. Let's inspire people. Let's inspire people. Um, so my name is Bomjaz and by profession I'm a filmmaker. But I recently became a baker. <laughs> so I have two companies. Um, the one is Unreal Media and the other one is The Butter Baker. Wow, wow, wow. So the two complement each other in some way? Yeah, well, kind of. They're both creative. Okay. Um, And it's just, for me, it's like, uh, as a filmmaker, as a creative, I like to add layers to myself. So it's just adding another layer, and it also means that I get very little sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, remember that. Take us maybe take the filmmaking part of it. Always, you know, we think of filmmaking, we think of the movies, we think this Hollywood stars, lights, flash, red carpet, etc. So let's take us through your journey to filmmaking, perhaps. Um, I think that would be a nice point to start what you say. Definitely. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so maybe I should start from how did it begin? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, maybe even before that, what does someone have to study? Do you have to learn to become a filmmaker? Mm-hmm. Take yeah. us into that origin story, basically. And did okay. you always have a passion to go into that field? Um, so here's the thing. I kind of fell into filmmaking by accident. <laughs> okay. Um, I graduated and I actually applied for engineering. And you know Indian families, you're either a doctor or a lawyer or <laughs> an accountant. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I applied for engineering, um, but I obviously wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I went to my parents and I said, look, you have two options. I can either go to university and waste your money, or I can take a gap year and decide what I want to do with my life. And they obviously didn't want to waste their money. So I took a gap year, and during that year, I worked with my mom at the bank, and I traveled through Europe a little bit. Um, And then I came back, and I realized that I have to study something. So then I applied for architecture. Okay. And they lost my application at the university. Oh no! 
So then I thought, okay, these are signs. Yeah, I was just about to um, say. So they said it was too late to apply for um, architecture and that I need to maybe take something else. And then the following year, I can make up points and then go into architecture. So one of my friends was studying media studies. Um, and I thought, like, we're similar personalities, so let me try. Mm. So I did, in my first year, I did media studies, uh, English literature, drama and film, and psychology. It was actually only in my third year that I realized that I actually feel very passionate about mm. filmmaking. Um, but I also did other subjects like sociology and anthropology, and um, my main focus is uh, documentary filmmaking. Mm. So subjects like that really help, helps because you have to get to know the person mm. and get them to open up to you. Mm-hmm. So it all complemented each other quite well. It did, yeah. Okay. It did. So you said it took you to your third year when you realized that you were passionate about filmmaking. About filmmaking, so yeah. So what was the switch? What was the, yeah. Okay, so then in my third year, my aunt was doing her dissertation at UCLA in America. Uh, I was the same year that I turned 21. So my 21st gift was to go to the States for a month uh, with my aunt. Um, and she, so I would go with her to the UCLA and um, it has a very big film school. Mm. So I'd just go and I'd sit in the lecture rooms and I'd go like play around with the equipment. It was actually there that I actually decided to be honest and I came back the, for, the, for registration and then I decided on my majors and that was it. history. Awesome. So. The baking side of things, how did that fall into place? Film, baking? Okay, so I've been a filmmaker for the past eight years now. Um, And I recently did a... So I started a company with a friend of mine called Unreal Media. Mm -hmm. um, And we recently produced a show for SABC2. Um, but as you all know, SABC is <laughs> having financial difficulties. Thousands yeah. of yes. and like they all produces money, and life is just really hard as a filmmaker really right now. Yeah, um, and obviously I have bills to pay and <laughs> love. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I decided with my family actually yes. um, to start a company called the Butter Baker, mm-hmm. and we o- we don't only do baking. So we do it's like. Um, like a full Indian package, if I can say. Okay. So we do homemade rotis, we do soji, we do nankatais, we do Indian sweet mates and cheesecakes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, so it's not just cakes and yeah. And and it's like the whole family is involved. So my mom does like uh, a lot of the baking, okay. then I do the cheesecakes, and my brother does the rotis, and my dad does like the sojis and the sweet. Your dad. My dad. That's amazing. It's hard as a whole family. I have like a structure. I have like schedules. I have like to do. <laughs> And how long has, have you been um, on the baking side of your video? Uh, it's been about three weeks now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to juggle between the two because last week I was at a, I got accepted into a fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit difficult juggling between the two, but I feel like they're both creative industries and yeah, I get to do what I enjoy. Enjoy, definitely. Do you want to share with us uh, about that fellowship perhaps? Okay, so it's a program called Hyphenate uh, Partners, um, and basically what they did, um, they put out a call for app, uh, for filmmakers, uh, and then I think they shortlisted to 11, and I was one of the 11, um, and there's producers from Hollywood, and there was a director, actually she was the first African-American to direct in the Star Trek franchise. So we got to spend a week with her, which was really cool, because she does shows like Grimm and Gotham, wow. How to Get Away with Murder. So we did this exercise where she gave us like a scene from each, from different episodes. Mm. And then she's like, you're all directors, so you interpret it. 
and then we had a, a DOP come in and like shoot the scene. So we had like actors oh, or whatever. Wow. Okay. Um, and then we shot the scene. And then after she showed us how she shot it. Mm. So it was basically um, to learn from Hollywood and how they do things. Mm. Because like if you're on a film set in South Africa, like a, a drama series, um, the director is like the main person. Mm. But in the States, it's the writer. Mm. So the writer has like final say on everything. So they were just trying to like, trying to like enhance how we um, see filmmaking and how we can try and minimize and get the best result mm. from with the little money that we have. So is there a big, big gap between Hollywood and and what is what is South Africa? Solace. <laughs> 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 Now, of course, uh, monetary-wise, research-wise, Hollywood is. I'm yeah, sure yeah, we know that. I'm assuming Actually, way. Hollywood is bigger than both Bollywood and Hollywood because okay. they yes. churn out movies. Like That's the Nigerian movies. one. Eh? That's yes. the Nigerian. So, so, in terms of, but you know, I, 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 I'm a fan of local movies. You know, mm. I, watch, I don't know if you guys watched the movie Normal Thirty Seven or something like that, and and there was a few other ones that's come out. And Mayfair, there's another one. Called there's another one coming out. Mm. So, I think there's a, the, the stories are, in South Africa is quite unique. It's about yes. just telling those stories, obviously. Mm. Uh, and I think we can compete in terms of storytelling. Of course, resource-wise and finance-wise, there's a massive budget gap, obviously. Yes. Um, is there any way we we can change that in South Africa? Or, or are we I holding our own with what we do have? I think it's a it's a mindset. So, like, when you make a film, there's, or um, if you want to do a TV series or whatever, mm. there's two ways you can do it. You can either go to, like, a broadcaster and they commission you, but then they own the IP. Uh, the second option is to go to like um, this place called the NFVF, which is the National Film and Video Foundation. Yeah. Then we have the DTI and the IDC. Yeah. Um, and they can either give you a grant, so you like collect all the funds. Um, but that's like soft money because you don't have to give it back. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we were explaining to this Hollywood producer now, this is what we have. She's like, but we hustle and we get money and we have to pay back. So they really do filmmaking as a business. Mm-hmm. Where in South Africa, it's just like, okay, we get a whole lot of money and then, you know, obviously we don't mm-hmm. <laughs> use it properly. And that's why it's good to learn from their model because mm-hmm. yeah. they have they, they've been doing it for a long time and like in South Africa the film industry is very small yeah. and new mm-hmm. so we are young industry I know when you drive on the way to Strand you see that massive boat there yes they uh, black sails or something yes, like that yes. so we, we, get, we have some infrastructure I think, and a lot of uh, obviously international uh, productions are coming to South Africa. Mm. Yes, so, especially Cape Town. Cape yeah. Town, I mean, Cape Town is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. So in terms of commercials, and Cape Town is the place to be. The only problem is that people, they bring their own crew. So m- many times they won't, like, you know, use crew from here. So yeah. they'll bring people. Okay, okay. So I know you, you mentioned earlier that uh, your, well, I don't say your passion, but you, your interest is documentary filmmaking. Yes, documentary filmmaking. So, so tell us a bit about that. Have you shot any documentaries? Yes, or? so... Well, I graduated in 2010 and then I was part of uh, 28 young filmmakers under the age of 25. Uh, It was a program with Love Life and SABC and um, there were seven documentaries made. Um, And I directed one of the documentaries called Made in China. Uh, And it's a short documentary about a young Chinese girl who moved to South Africa when she was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And she didn't speak a word of English. And it was basically her integration into South African society. Um, but she's not. She wasn't a, a typical um, Asian. She was filled with tattoos, um, and for her, it was basically 
who am I? It was a story of identity. Mm. Um, so once she did become assimilated in the South African community, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term banana. So it's like a coconut. Okay. Asian people are referred to as bananas. So okay. yellow on the outside, white on the inside. Interesting. Um, and we basically told the story through her tattoos. Um, so it was a short documentary, it was 24 minutes, and then that year we were, our short documentary was nominated for four SAFTAs, uh, and we won two. Wow. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> <thank> you. <laughs> Can you bring it in? No, <laughs> it's too heavy. <laughs> it actually doesn't look very pretty. <laughs> um, and yeah, and that's when I fell in love with documentaries. So recently I produced a show for SABC2, uh, and it's a docu-reality. Mm-hmm. So it was about, um, I feel like our generation don't say thank you enough. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it was a show about gratitude. So if somebody did something profound for you, go and say thank you to that person. And then in return, that person goes and does something for someone else. But profound acts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a circle of gratitude. So we mixed documentary and reality mm-hmm. in that. So I really, I, yeah, I enjoy it. So all these documentaries that you've already put together and shot, is there a platform that people can go and view them? or? Um, so I have a website called Unreal Media, so you can view it there. Okay. Um, but that, so that first documentary I just directed, so I don't own the rights to it. Okay. Um, but it's been about, I think they actually use it at UCT as part of their coursework. Oh. The documentary, yeah. I vaguely think I've seen this documentary. Have you? Because the name Made in China. Mm. I, I think I saw it on SABC something. You know. Yeah, they played they played a lot on SABC and they played it a lot on uh, DSTV. Mm. One of the we're gonna we're gonna have to go look for that again. Eh? Yeah. We have to go find it. Yeah. <laughs> so you were talking about the youth, um, and that was part of the inspiration made um, made in China. So just to go slightly off topic, mm. um, a little bit more personal. Okay. Uh, what what do you think? What are your so what do you think? What are your concerns? Um, and your views about the youth, um, specifically in South Africa and Cape Town, where we are now, um, that they are facing today. And I mean, how do you feel that you would want to help them or guide them? Because I mean, we all know they need a lot of guidance. Mm-hmm. So in, in which way do you think um, you'd be able to do that? I feel like the youth of today, um, well, I feel like technology has evolved at such a fast rate I think, I think like the youth are robbed of their childhood um, and also the society that we live in. It's like not safe, so you can't... Like I remember as a kid, I would go outside. I was like a real tomboy. I'd go outside. <laughs> I'd make mud cakes and have imaginary yes. parties with my friends. And I feel like I have two nieces. And it's just like it's not safe for them. Mm. Um, and then they get like addicted to like the iPads or yes. technology. Or the television. I mean, she's like my niece is six years old and she knows how to operate the cell phone better than any of us. Yeah. Sorry, that's a concern for me, is the, the rate that we're evolving. Mm. Um, but I feel there are solutions to it. I mean, technology is not a bad thing necessarily, mm. but I feel like we need to find a balance. Mm. And use it constructively, yeah. basically. Mm. Um, and like human interaction, I feel like you'll be sitting in a room with like teenagers. Mm. They'll be literally sitting next to each other, but like messaging. Yeah, yeah, or like messaging. I've experienced that. It's like, scary. Yeah, it is scary. It is <laughs> scary. scary. Um, but I feel like like the show that I did, showing gratitude and just being real and coming back to humanity, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the way we can inspire each other. Mm. Just be, yeah. Have a connection. Yeah, connect mm. on a human level. I Definitely. think that's important. Definitely. In terms of, of, of success, um, what is your opinion of success, basically? 
where you've reached the mm. peak? So I think success means different things to different people. Um, and many times people equate success to money. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, success is just the cherry on the top. So if either in like on screen mm. or like in my decadent delights. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. So for instance, for me, if I create a documentary or a TV show, uh, for me, it's success means that if one person watches it and is inspired mm. or is educated because of it, yes. because of it, that for me is my success. Mm. Education is key, after all. Yeah. So, like with the last project I produced for the SABC, I mean, I didn't make any money out of it, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I feel like it's a it's a it's a good series because it's like nation building and it teaches people to just you know say thank you mm. and please, mm-hmm. which we don't do anymore. True. I think it's about adding value in every aspect that you, or opportunity you have. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fascinating that you mentioned that, uh, speaking about the youth, um, what advice would you give aspirant filmmakers or bakers out there? <laughs> <laughs> Do your research. <laughs> and it's not, like, filmmaking is not as glamorous as it looks. I was going to touch on that. Oh, no, there's no, not no, a lot no. of money, apparently, yeah. no, for filmmaking. No, there is money. I just feel like, you know, filmmaking is like creative. Eh? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Creatives are creative. Yeah. Um, and then they forget that it's actually a business. Mm. I think that's the biggest problem. Um, but like I said, do a lot of research. And if you're passionate about something, it just comes to you naturally. Like mm. I said, I fell into it by accident. Um, but it's a lot of hard work. Mm. So filmmaking, you have to be on set more than 12 hours a day. Mm. So 12 hours, hours is the normal. Yeah. So you wake up, if, if, you, if your call time is at 6, you have to be up at 5. So you can be on set at 6. Yeah. And then you only finish at 6 mm. p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're a director, you have to write scripts. You have to sit in the edit. Mm-hmm. So when I say you don't get sleep, you literally yeah. don't. It's a twenty-four hour job. It's yeah, not twelve hours. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's it's a lot of hard work, but it's very rewarding when you finally sit and see the end product yes. and like this is what I created. So the interesting thing that I've uh, been dabbling with is I've I've got ideas for documentary. Mm-hmm. So how does one actually sit and and and, and get it to the end product? Mm-hmm. I mean, you someone that have lived through it, studied through it, went to the United States, came back. So so what's the process with documentary filmmaking? Do a lot of research, ask a lot of questions, um, get to know know your subject and your subject matter. Um, And once you do that, I think things fall into place and things are like so, it's easily accessible. You can literally shoot an entire movie with your cell phone. So, you know, gone are the days where you're like, oh, it's so expensive, whatever. You can literally shoot everything on your cell phone and edit it mm-hmm. on your cell phone or, you know, some software. But I would definitely suggest doing a lot of research, asking a lot of questions. And like documentary is about connecting with people. Yeah. Um, so you, it's mostly about characters. So spend a lot of time with your characters, get to know them. Like really try and understand them so that they allow you into their space mm. and into that world. And make things a bit and easier you get, for you as mm. well as a director, I imagine. And also like people like to tell stories that are close to them, um, which gives them unique access. So yeah, just stick around the right people and do research, I suppose. <laughs> so we've heard a bit of you telling us about yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. So I want to take a guess here now. So this is actually usually our second question on the list. Is how do you describe yourself in, in, in three words? Yeah. So 
So I'm going to go with creative. What do you say, Kanika? Definitely. Well, I, I think that's top of the list. Top creative. of the list. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to leave the other two to you. Too, <laughs> so uh, the mic is yours. <laughs> um, three. Okay. Creative. Definitely. <laughs> um, passionate. Mm-hmm. Passionate both in filmmaking and the new business venture. Okay. And driven. Like if I set myself, if I say this is what I'm going to do, I literally have charts and, you know, <laughs> mind maps <laughs> and like color coded everything. Like I have a, a plan and a structure yes. and a blueprint and, you know, sometimes it doesn't always work out, which yeah. is okay, but it's a learning experience. But you experience. need to have it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, as long as you have a plan and yeah, just be passionate and driven about what you want to do. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, so, so back to the personal questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your favorite verse or ayah out of the Quran that yeah, you can relate to on a very personal level? Okay, I actually wrote this down because I didn't want to get it wrong. Read it off to us. <laughs> but I have like the worst writing. <laughs> Sometimes I start. <laughs> I was going to become like an engineer. A doctor, so, yeah. Like <laughs> Um, so the throughout the Quran, life is described as a journey, and knowledge and ignorance as light and darkness. One of my favorite verses from the Quran is, "Do they not travel through the earth so that their words gain wisdom and their ears thus learn to hear? For surely it is not the eyes that are blind, but blind are the but blind are the minds which are in the foremost." Um, so for me, I just, I just, I don't know why, but I just so connected with this verse and I feel like through travel and, you know, like I said, I'm a documentary filmmaker, so I love engaging with mm. people. Um, and I'm very fortunate in the work that I do to travel. So at least twice a year, I travel to a new place that I've never been before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that's the only way that you get to learn about different cultures and learn about different people. Mm. And that creates a kind of respect for one another, yeah. which I feel is lacking in the society that we live in. Um, and as Muslim, you know, Muslim youngsters, mm. um, you know, the, the media have so many negative, negative things to say about mm. us. Mm. So if we can learn about other cultures and like be empowered to become filmmakers and, you know, radio DJs or whatever. Um, you know, just empower yourselves to make a difference in what you do. You do. Yeah. Exactly. So travel for me is something I'm very passionate about. Absolutely. Well. Very fortunate to have travel yes, extensively. Yes. <laughs> okay. What's the what's the biggest lesson for you out of your travels? I know you said learning about other cultures. But the biggest lesson. Yeah, or the most beautiful lesson that you maybe picked up along the way. Can you recall anything? Um but you okay. say you're going to places you've never been before, so yes. is it something new to you all the time? It's new and it's sometimes it's scary. So I do a lot of film festivals. Um, I like. I don't like, um, you know, being the center of attention. Mm-hmm. But like in film spaces, you have to be. You have to network mm-hmm. and meet people. I think m- one of the biggest challenges for me. Um, it's probably my surname because every single time I'm at an airport, I get stopped. Um, uh, I get racial profile. <laughs> oh gosh! Because I might be a terrorist. I was actually recently in Berlin in February for the Berlin Ali Film Festival, yes. and I was catching um, a connecting flight, and the the agent had booked it so close um, that I knew I was gonna miss my flight, but I was literally like rushing, mm. and these people stopped me, and they had like. They like stopped me for like 20 minutes asking yeah. me like 
questions and I'm like, well, thanks, I missed my flight now. Yeah. <laughs> I was all for nothing. But I get that a lot. So the first time I went to the States 10 years ago, um, I traveled with two of my cousins and they have a different surname. But I was randomly selected to be searched. Oh, they literally opened my whole bag. Sure. Um, so that's a bit challenging mm-hmm. in changing people's stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in terms of getting halal food. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that's a challenge. So often I become a vegetarian when I travel. <laughs> <laughs> and I come home like really skinny. Um, but for me, one of the most beautiful things is just like taking in the beauty that the world is made of mm. and just just stopping for a second and just appreciating it. Mm. Taking it all in. Taking it all in and just like watching the sunset or the sunrise. Mm-hmm. And when, when you do these travels, like I mean you, you had your fellowship mm. about a week ago, yes. are you the only South African or are there the others that you meet up with there as well? I'm mostly the only South African. I was in Serbia in August. Uh, and I was in a program for creative documentary filmmakers um, and there were filmmakers from all over the world so they were from India, from Poland, from the States, from yes. Germany and I was the only one okay, not the, okay so there were two sections to the uh, program so it was for the student filmmakers also from all parts of the world okay. and then I think there were two from two or three from Egypt um, but I was the only South African. South African. Yeah. Okay. Which is cool because I get to like teach people yes. our culture. Mm. I was actually speaking to a, a friend of mine from India okay. and she messaged me the other day and she's like, hey, how's it? And I was like, look at you. You're <laughs> <laughs> South African lingo. Cantonian lingo. <laughs> hey, how's it? <laughs> Lovely man. And I mean, you're speaking about using um, Cantonian lingo, language barriers. Um, do you find um, that that's a it hinders things quite a bit when you travel or is everything just easy going? I think it does hinder it a little bit but I mean there's so many apps that you can use. <laughs> Google Translate. <laughs> I was actually in, I went for Umrah last year with my parents uh, and we were wanting to travel mm. and we found an Uber driver <laughs> and he didn't speak a word of English but I had this app and I would like speak into it and then it would translate so he would understand and then oh, he wow. would he would say something and then it would translate into English. Oh cool. And we managed to get it out. <laughs> always a way. It's always so it worked out. And it's it's nice because you also get to learn so I was in Serbia in August mm-hmm. and you know, they taught us certain words and we taught them. So it's like a exchange mm-hmm. of knowledge and time. And so in the film industry, is there anyone in particular that stands out um as a mentor or I won't say a role model but just mm-hmm. you know purely just work not, not personally that stands out for you that you always look back onto or take some notes from take some pointers from um, anyone in particular that stands out for you yes so I do have a mentor her okay. name is Pat Van Heerden okay. um, and she was actually in the program when I was selected in 2010 okay. uh, and ever since then she's just been my mentor and is I can it? call her at any time and be like Pat like I'm freaking out I'm doing this interview <laughs> What do I do? And she'd like just give me the best advice. Mm. But besides that, she also tries and gets me to do different projects. Mm. So on the the project that I was speaking about earlier, about gratitude, I actually worked with her. But it was a different relationship because now we worked as um, colleagues and not as mentor-mentee. Which was interesting. (laughs) So we had a lot of fights. Mm. Uh, (laughs) 
but um, yeah so that's the one person that I could call at any time creatively yes um, and also she's just also like a second mother to me so at the Saftas she's female yeah it does um, actually at the Saftas I went with my mom and so my mentor was there as well um, and like my business partner and I had prepared a speech, but we didn't actually think we were going to win. Yeah. <laughs> but so they called us up to stage and like, okay, I was shocked for a while. And they had my mom and my mentor sitting and crying. I was like, oh, oh my bad. God, you guys, don't embarrass me. <laughs> but it's nice because they, yeah, so I have my mom who's also a very, you know, strong role model for me. Yes. And then I have my mentor. Um, and my mom's very Islamic, so yes. she always like <laughs> you. You know, a lot to travel. <laughs> yeah, so. What's the, what value do you think mentors or mate bring to to the party? What's the importance of mentorship? How has it uh, built you as a as a filmmaker, as an individual? Yes, I feel like it's um, sometimes it's a good and a bad thing. Um, it, good in the sense that they always holding your hand. Uh, you know, they have your back. Mm. But sometimes they hold your hand too tight and they don't allow you to just be. be. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's very important. I feel like my mentor has really helped me. Because she obviously has way more experience than I do. Um, and she obviously saw something in me that she thought like she should nurture. She could work with. Yes, and work yeah. with it. Um, so I definitely feel like mentors are very important. And if you're lucky enough someone <laughs> to mentor you, then it's even better. And I imagine also um, having a mentor, a creative one, as you called it, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you don't always have someone in the family that you can just speak about things mm-hmm. to because mm-hmm. they either wouldn't understand or they mm-hmm. wouldn't give you that sympathetic ear as what your mentor would. Yes. Um, so it's always a good thing to, to have that, irrespective of what industry you're in. Yes, no, it is. Okay. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned this word earlier. Gratitude. Gratitude. What are you grateful for? What, what am I grateful for? So many things. <laughs> but mostly I'm grateful for the fact that I get to wake up every morning and I can do what I love. Because very few people can wake up and say, I go to work and enjoy it. Um, so I'm grateful for, for that. I'm grateful for my health, my family, my friends. Um, and yeah, just being appreciative of every moment that you have and using it to the, your full potential. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. definitely. So, okay, yeah. so these are the cheesecakes. We have different flavors. Okay. Um, the Oreo, Cinderella cheesecake, cheesecake mm-hmm. yeah, okay. which I make. Interesting. Uh, pineapple, peppermint, strawberry, and that's blueberry. And then we also saw soji. So this um, this is a secret recipe from my grandmother. Okay. Oh, this is not the portion of soji. That will be up in like. No, no, the tester for you guys. And there's more stuff in here. Do you bring the whole kitchen with you? Yes, the whole kitchen. These are the nangitais. Okay, sorry, thanks. You know you're Indian if you buy nangitais. Yeah, and our biscuits. The buttered biscuits. The buttered biscuits. Oh, nice. Nice. So are we going to taste? Yeah, yeah, you guys can taste. Okay. <laughs> Seems video for that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but wow, shukran for this. This looks... I'm just going to open it. I'm going to taste See, it's got a nice halal sticker there. Strict. So is, is this how you offer them to everyone when they order from you? Or is this just purely sample size? No, this is how we, so this how is how we sell it. We okay. also sell to like 
butcheries, bakeries. Okay. Uh, people who do catering. I yes. actually had to get a barcode now because mm-hmm. a lot of places are like, we need a barcode. Yeah, because they scanned into the system. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. And I would imagine it probably be very popular at weddings. Yes. Because it's it dessert on the go. Yes, and it's easy because people waste a lot, so that, like yes. this, they can just take it. Exactly, and reuse the plastic tablet. And reuse That's the what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I have a spoon in my car. Oh, do you? Just <laughs> 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 you know, okay. in case times, yeah. <laughs> I was actually experimenting yesterday. We came up with a barfi flavor. Oh, okay. mm, I think I saw uh, that on Instagram. Oh, yes, I did. So, do you have um, a website or places that people can um, refer to? Yes, so we're on Instagram. Yes, get those details. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. We're okay. on Instagram and Facebook at The Butter Baker. Yes. And then the filmmaking, I have a, a, a website called Unreal Media. So it's www.unrealmedia.co.za. Okay. Unreal, unreal. Unreal. So, our last question. Very last question. You go and do it, do it. So, it's your last day on earth, right? So, other than your Kalimasha, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't give that answer. Okay, stick to instructions. What would your final words be? Be kind always and always show gratitude. Beautiful. Unreal. Unreal. It's so unreal. Mumta Shukran for your time once again. Uh, thank you for bringing the treats. Alhamdulillah. But most of all, thank you for sharing your wisdom, your experiences. Alhamdulillah. It's the uh, first time we had a filmmaker on the, sh- on the podcast, if yes. I'm correct. So no doubt it's going to add value to our... Definitely. Our, our, and a female one. Yeah, <laughs> female like Go power. No accidental Muslims promotes that. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, thank you for sharing. Sure. Thanks for being here. And we yes. wish you only the best in both your both careers. Business. And if right. you're careers, if you go back to engineering, that's your oh, choice. No, no. Thank you for your time. Keep us in your eyes and always want to bless and protect you and your family sure. and keep you guys healthy and safe. Keep on biting. <laughs> Salams guys, my name is Mohammed Zaud and I'm the co-founder of Toledo Society, which is a podcast network dedicated to English speaking Muslims across the globe. We've launched a couple of shows and we have several in the pipeline. Our first show, which is called The Transit Lounge, which I host, is currently live and you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. On The Transit Lounge, we interview people who've had a considerable impact on the Muslim world. People who've had positions at the White House, members of parliament, business people and community people. We also have another show that's currently live called Seven Stories, seven minute stories as you drop off your kids to school. We'd love your feedback and if you'd like to find out more, visit ToledoSociety.com. That's T-O-L-E-D-O society.com so that's it for today's show we hope you added value we hope you enjoyed it but most of all we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com if you know anybody out there that is inspiring that's leading that's living with purpose please uh, do contact us and remember feedback is our oxygen so follow us on social media we're on facebook Instagram and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum.